Friends, one of the signs of the passing of Christmas is the ever-growing forest of discarded Christmas trees accumulating on our parkways. These were once glorious examples of Christmas cheer, but now are fast becoming prickly brown reminders of, well, of how easily we move from one season to the next. A few years ago, one particular tree caught my eye. I went for a walk early December 26th, and there it was at 7 a.m., just hours after Christmas, already on the parkway. This once lovely vision of lights and ornaments and, and Christmas cheer was denuded of any vestige of Christmas. Now, I suppose you could conclude that the owner of this tree is, is rather efficient and perhaps even anxious to return his or her household to normal, whatever that means in particular in this year. You have to admit, however, that the prematurely discarded tree raises the question, well, what now? Christmas is behind us. What's next? And friends, the answer is this. It's epiphany. Here's some background to this holy day. In the springtime of organized Christianity, say I'm talking about the third century, Epiphany was, for many Christians, second only to Easter as a holy day in the Christian faith. It appears in the writings of the early church theologians, and it's mentioned numerous times where Christmas is never mentioned. Epiphany, we think, is, was much more important than Christmas was. Now, the earliest origins of that holy day are unknown, and it wasn't until the Middle Ages that Epiphany became known in its more familiar form, that is, the twelfth day of Christmas. And exactly, you know it as the song, the twelve days of Christmas. Well, what was significant about the twelfth day? Well, in some Christian traditions, Epiphany became known as the day on which Jesus was baptized. Although we know in the Gospel of Mark that Mark says that Jesus was baptized as an adult by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. For most Christian traditions, Epiphany is associated with the arrival of the Magi from the East. Ah, yes, the wise men. Best known to us from either the reading from Matthew or the hymn which began this service. And so today we find ourselves on Epiphany Sunday, and it arrives after many of us have put Christmas behind us. The tape is on the top of the ornament box. Maybe the ornaments have been carried up and placed already in, into the attic to be retrieved 11 months from now. So just when we think things are back to normal, the Magi show up for Christmas. I don't know about you, but it seems to throw me off a bit, being dragged back into what I think of as the Christmas story. And yet there they are, standing at our front doors, waiting to be invited into our homes as if they are some radically tardy relative to the Christmas dinner. So I hope you're asking, who really are these strange guests, the Magi? 
But I have to tell you that any close look will quickly reveal that we don't know much about them at all. The wise men only appear in the Gospel of Matthew. And let's consider the hymn that we began the service with, We Three Kings. A friend of mine reminds us that the hymn is, well, sort of stretching the truth in at least three ways. First off, nowhere in the Bible, you didn't hear it in Matthew either, does it say there were three. There are three gifts, it says, but for all we know, there could have been 23 wise men. And my friend reminds us they're not really kings, they're magi. And he uses a modern description, which I think is very helpful. In the ancient world, the magi would have been somewhere between a cross between a professor and an astrologer. Magi is the root of the word magician. And the Orient? Well, they are likely from the East, but presumably what was then Mesopotamia, modern-day Iran. And they were Zoroastrians. So here's what we know, that these unnumbered and unnamed wise men, astrologers, kings, make their way to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, they encounter Herod. And Herod, all the historians of that time recount, was not only a tyrant and an oppressor, but cruel, butchering any rival to his power, including several of his own relatives. Well, the Magi announced to Herod the birth of the Messiah, a long-held hope of the Jews. But most of the faithful expected the birth of the Messiah to take place in a palace, not in a simple village and in a barn on its outskirts. Well, the wise men follow the star. They arrive at the stable and they bring the familiar gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I know they've always sound, sounded as if those are strange gifts for a child, but maybe most peculiar of the three is myrrh. Myrrh was used as a preservative to prepare a body for burial. Maybe you can see the foreshadowing in the Gospel of Matthew, the foreshadowing of Jesus' death and resurrection in the gift of myrrh. Then the wise men, knowing of Herod's designs and cruelty, never return to tell him where the child is. And the Magi are never heard from in Scripture again. However, their story begs the question, what do the Magi wise men kings have to say to you and me today in 2021? And I suggest to you a great deal. First of all, they have something to teach us about what it means to search for God. Most of us see ourselves as if we are on a spiritual journey, engaged in a search for the presence of God and Jesus in our daily lives. And if that describes you even just a little, you would do well to these epiphany guests and to epiphany itself to attend to the Magi and their openness, their diligence, their patience, and not the least of their characteristics, the offering of themselves to Christ. 
The wise men followed what little light they had available, in this case, a star. But the true star they followed was a belief that there was a greater truth, a greater love, a greater justice to be found in this world than they already knew. All in all, the wise men in Epiphany are worth a pause in our busy lives. They help us to remember that Christmas is not over, but rather it is really just beginning. They remind us that the vision of the Christ child in a stable, that that is but a brief resting place on a journey that will take us to a river in Jordan, to a well in Samaria, to the tragedy of the cross, and then take us to the hope of the resurrection at the empty tomb. All that from this strange, ancient, holy day, epiphany. Well, that is a gift, isn't it? And so I say to you with great joy, have a very merry epiphany. Amen. Thank you.